Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? If you have been here for the last couple episodes, we are talking about room design. And today we're going to go into how temperature impacts room design and productivity and stress response and all those good things. So think about it this way. Have you ever been outside in the middle of the afternoon in a very humid climate, maybe just taking a walk, maybe bike riding, maybe playing with your kids, whatever it may be. And at some point (laughs) you're your head is dripping wet. Perspiration is running down your back. There is sweat everywhere. And by the time you get home, you feel like you are absolutely exhausted. Now think of that and think of it in terms of um, maybe a child being in a hot classroom. Maybe there isn't AC or the airflow isn't good. Or the air quality isn't good. At the end of the school day, they look absolutely drained. When you've asked them what they learned, and in most cases, they will probably just say they don't know. And that's honestly not just a passive answer, but probably accurate. They can't remember and has a lot to do with temperature. So I think we can all probably relate to being in some type of high humidity climate at some point and and knowing how that leaves us feeling really, really drowsy. But... um, We need to remember that there are more elements that go into learning than just the content and just the memory, that there are things that really impact the memory. And today we're really going to talk about how temperature affects a concentration, learning, productivity. So it could be classroom, it could be home, it could be you in your work setting. So what are the effects of heat and cold on learning, productivity, and concentration? Well, have y'all ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? (laughs) talk about this a lot in my presentations where you you must Maslow before you can bloom, meaning you must, or a child must, or anyone must have their psychological and physical needs met first in order to have brain space to be able to do things in Bloom's taxonomy, which are those higher order thinking skills, even as simple as memorization, but definitely the creative thinking, logical thinking, reasoning, being rational, all those things must have physical, psychological needs met first. Maslow before you bloom. So it may be clear or obvious that hot or really cold temperatures really hinder our ability from performing at our highest level. And the brain is constantly instructing our body to do something to kind of create that like thermal comfort, that, that temperature. Um, AKA that safety in terms of temperature. 
So let's talk about temperatures. Um, based on studies done by Harvard, um, there are, if the temperature is above 90 degrees, this resulted in a loss of one sixth or 1% of the year's learning, while days over 100 degrees resulted in um, an even greater loss. So, another study done by Cornell um, did um, study the effects of cold on performance with some for Florida based humans. And when they found that temperature was um, below uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, these are all in Fahrenheit, by the way, employees made 44% more mistakes than if the room was set at 77 degrees Fahrenheit. So also absolutely wild. So it, that makes sense to me. When it's cold, people are distracted uh, because their bodies are cold and the body's thinking, how do I get warm? What do I need to do? I need to get warm. I'm not safe. And their, their mind and their energy goes to focusing on keeping them warm. Same if you're hot. If you're too hot and you're overheating, you're just uncomfortable and you're, you're groggy and you know your body's focused on trying to cool down. So what is the optimal temperature for a working situation, classroom situation? Well, according to Department of Public Health, we say about 68 to 73 degrees Fahrenheit is most optimal for learning. So if you can't control your thermostat and you don't have AC or you don't have maybe even heat, hopefully you have heat, uh, there are some things that you can do to change the temperature. So let's talk about some of those things. Maybe installing air conditioners, maybe window units, maybe you don't have control over that and that's not cheap or easy. So um, a couple of things that you could do instead is, and actually air conditioning and heating systems, especially like electric heaters, they're really not great for energy purposes. They really use a lot of energy. Um, so if you can find other alternatives, that would be best. Uh, so let's think about here. What could you do? One, you could dress appropriately. So if you know it's going to be a cold setting, bring layers. If you know it's going to be a hot setting, also bring layers to be able to shed layers. You could also kind of rotate around a space or a room. So if there's natural light, obviously the temperature will be warmer near the light. So making sure that you are in the light, the light also helps make you more alert. It helps release these different beneficial chemicals to keep you active and awake and alert uh, when you're in sunlight, when you're in um, darkness or just even lower light, your body starts to get more tired. It releases melatonin. So definitely moving around to the sunlight if possible. If you're too hot, move, move closer to uh, an area that's more shaded. Curtains and blinds, they might help block out some sun, filter some sun, um, but you don't want too much darkness for too long because again, that's going to make you groggy and tired. Also, artificial lights have a lot of impact uh, on the temperature. So maybe dimming the lights if possible or turning them off or using as much natural light as possible. Ceiling fans or just even tabletop fans can help. You can even put like a tray of ice or a tray of water in front of the fan and it will actually really cool off the room. And even like tying ribbons to a fan and blowing, even though the ribbons don't really serve much of a purpose, it, it visually makes the room feel cooler. So that's an option as well. You can do those oscillating fans so the, the air is moving around the room. That's the biggest thing. Can you get air moving around the room if you don't have AC? 
Uh, and colors matter. The more warm colors you use, uh, the hotter you're going to feel. The more cool colors you use, the cooler you're going to feel. So trying to bring more cool colors in if you're hot. And if you're cold, bring in more warm colors. But listen to the episode on color because you want to be mindful of what types of color and what kind of um, intensity of color because that's going to impact your mood as well. Another option is to move. Can you can you move a class or a group or to another part of a building or somewhere in the sun or out of the sun or maybe even outside, get some fresh air. And another thought is just, can you control your body temperature by maybe drinking water, whether it's room temperature water or like hot tea or uh, cool water because um, water naturally neutralizes the body's temperature. So that's also a benefit to, to the brain because the, the brain needs more water. And we're usually always dehydrated. So getting more water would be a good thing as well. I think that about covers everything I can think of in relation uh, to the temperature. It's a shorter one, not as much to share, but it's enough of the sciencey stuff that you all needed to hear in a short amount of time. And if you all have any uh, other ideas for how to keep a room hotter or cooler, feel free to uh, comment and let me know. And that takes us to today's listener question, which um, someone asked, what are some tips for redirecting intrusive negative thoughts for teens who do not appreciate mindfulness. Mindfulness can be a tough sell and you really need buy-in. So with mindfulness and teens especially, I will always explain the why. Why is mindfulness important? What is happening to the brain and what does it do to the brain? And what is the result if we do not do it? Because they need to know why. And they need to know what's happening in their brains and their body and how it will impact them now and in the future. And if you can find a way that hits a motivation point for them, like belonging or social connectedness, or maybe it's sports or music, whatever it may be, if you can connect that to it, they will be far more motivated. So think about what motivates them, bring that into the conversation, and they will be far more likely to... <laughs> be open to mindfulness and small doses. When we go from like, here's never having done mindfulness ever. And here is where I want you to be. And let's do this activity where I want you to be. What, what are the steps in between and really breaking it down into tiny little bits. Like we do mindfulness for 30 seconds for a couple of weeks and then a minute and then three minutes, and then five minutes and work your way up to where you want to be. And that will take us to our try to home tip or real food. So what, what exactly is real food? Um, it's eating things that aren't made with chemicals and pesticides and, and aren't processed. You're, you're talking about shopping the exterior of the grocery store. Why? Because it, it completely changes the, the chemical makeup in your, your body and your brain. It helps you to function better. It helps you to have more energy. It helps you to feel more productive. It helps you to feel more rested. Uh, and it prevents a lot of, there, there's been a lot of association between health problems and the food intake. So trying not to do too many snacky things, trying to eat more real foods, trying to buy hyper-local, buy from farmer's markets, buy from something called CSAs, Community Supported Agriculture. So you're kind of bypassing the store and going right to the farmer. All of these ways are ways to be able to eat real, organic, clean foods at a cheaper price point than buying from the grocery store. And I would encourage you to look up the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. I will tell you what to stay away from organically and conventionally and what to, what's safer to buy. And that is it for today's episode of Returning to Us Podcast. Remember today's try to home tip, which is eat real food and shop the exterior of the grocery store. 
If you would like me to answer your question on a future show, email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com or send a text to 717-693-7744. And lock in what you learned right away by leaving a comment or review below with your biggest takeaway or let me know what you thought of that would help to cool down or heat up a, a space. And until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer. Thank you for joining me.